0: So well, yesterday when we started, we we and I'm, I'm guessing maybe we'll have a few more trickle in, but um, yesterday we did introductions, introduced ourselves. We've got some new guys. So Dwayne, I don't know if you want to just introduce yourself, let us know who you are and where you're coming from. Yeah, great thanks. Uh, my name's Dwayne Avery. I am a member of Cornerstone Bible Church, Kansas City North. Um, going towards the airport off I-29 and Tiffany Springs Parkway. Um, we left Kansas City Baptist Temple 24 years ago. We're still there, still hanging on. Um, small church, about 120 people. And I have the privilege and the responsibility of being the uh, senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. And I, I've I've loved getting to know these guys at, at your midtown. So yeah. All right uh ed chandler went through the uh particulars of cornerstone i head up the jail ministry in platte county uh, jail and uh lead the uh, discipleship open the- at cornerstone yeah. yeah yeah super so we had the lynches were here yesterday they did jail ministry they still do That for a lot of years but it is interesting you know we talked a little bit yesterday just if you're still here it's because you never quit you didn't jump off at one of those thousand jumping off points in, in your walk with the lord and, and i thank god for that but it is fun to hear kind of where people are at and what they're doing i love being able to hear people's backstories. I, we never get to do that. Like we never have enough time to just sit down and and have a meal and talk to people like that. It seems like we're so busy with ministry. At least, at least that's my life right now. But I love hearing kind of on you know where people have come from and how they've got to this point. So we don't have time to do that either this morning. But welcome, and I think everyone else did their did introductions mm-hmm. yesterday. But we're getting we should probably get started. So let's pray and then, and then we'll jump in on our second session on finishing strong. So Lord, we love you. we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing. Um God, thank you for this conference. and um, lord, it's it's so good to meet with other people who are doing there in their locations what we're doing here in in our location. and Lord, that, mutual faith that we have is so encouraging and that fellowship in in the gospel is so encouraging and the fellowship with christ and and our mutual distinctives lord that, that define us god i just thank you so much for like-minded brothers and sisters around the city around the country and around the world god thank you for for bringing in He's not out there on the vine by himself. Right? And, and Lord, sometimes it just feels like that, but he's not. He's got like minded brothers and sisters. And so do we all. And I just thank you, Lord, for this called out assembly gathered here together in Jesus' name this morning. And God, I'll be the first to confess that we need you. Amen. Alan said something like, like, like the Spirit of God only moves you know based on the word of god i don't remember exactly how we phrased it but god we just ask that your spirit would move in our hearts and minds according to your word this morning lord would you give us what we need we ask in jesus name amen so so this is session 2 last week or last week yesterday i w- i got i'm i'm struggling okay not much sleep. I had this headache and I could not sleep. I couldn't get it to go away. And it's just been, losing. if I'm twitching and my words aren't coming together, that's set why I couldn't. Sorry. <laughs> that's what we get. Yesterday, not last week, uh, we talked about finishing strong out of Ecclesiastes chapter nine. So turn there with me. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter nine, which is admittedly a strange passage to be studying from on a, on a missions conference because Ecclesiastes is all about life under the sun. All right, so if we put Christ, if we put God, if we put heaven, if we put our real home above the sun, then what is under the sun is a life of vanity. It's a life where uh you just keep doing the same thing and you got to do it over again. So I made my bed this morning. That's a good thing, right? Yes, yeah, I'm gonna have to do it again tomorrow morning. Then I then I, I had to go to the bathroom. Well, I'm gonna have to do that again. It's not like in this life under the sun, we can just do something and then it's done. You got to do it again, like you had breakfast, right? Well, we're gonna have lunch in an hour or so. <laughs> like it's just the same thing, Patrick. If we need some more chair, you know, let's get that. There. Yeah. Yeah. There. There. there are. There should be handouts back there. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone need a handout? Okay, so Ecclesiastes is that book that describes the vanity of life under the sun that thing that you just did you're going to have to do again then you're going to have to do it again you're going to have to do it again and no matter how well you do it or how many times you do it life under the sun is a life of vain repetition and so it's a strange passage to go to but in the midst of all of that vanity life under the sun there's this these few verses that just jump out to us that talk about doing what you do with your mind because because of the grave. Let's just read those verses together, starting in verse 7. So Ecclesiastes 9, verse 7. Get eyeballs on that if you can. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun, all the days of this vanity, for that is thy portion in this life, and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, Whither thou goest i returned and saw under the sun the races not to the swift nor the battle to the strong neither yet bread to the wise nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill but time and chance happeneth to them all and what we saw last week as we considered the race from verse 11 and the grave from verse 10 we just kind of overviewed this thing And we did a simple exercise in going to the word of God and seeing the four different times. The word race was used in the Bible. And then we went and looked at the 12 different times. The word course was used in the New Testament. And from those verses, we were able to see that we all have the same race. Okay, you didn't ask to be added to the human race did you god just did that when you were born okay what race that you didn't ask to be a part of did christ put you into when you were born again what was it you're already part of the human race when you're born physically the gospel, what? The gospel. The gospel. okay paul paul said okay I'm a partaker of the gospel with you. Therefore, run this race in, in a certain way. So, so we all have the same race, and it is to be a partaker in gospel ministry. Now, we studied out that word "course," and we saw that it's used four different ways in the New Testament. Okay, and and and. and From that, what we realized is we all have a particular course, which is going to be the outworking of what God has started in your life. It's your particular pathway as you run the race. And so the course is different for all of us. So so you work in children's ministry, okay, and you work in widow's ministry. Right? So, so we could all go through, like you're doing ESL, so you're wearing a lot of hats probably still. But we all have different areas of ministry, different courses. Brent's been doing international ministry and children's ministry for how many decades? A long time. Over half your life. Is that right? I know as long as we've been here we, we were doing, you were doing and you're doing international student mentally at that case in city about the yeah that's your course that's what god has given you to do and what we saw last week is and we can finish strong praise the lord but we can also dnf what's dnf my last my last race, not the Grayland race 5K, but the last race before that. I have a DNF. I did not finish because time and chance happeneth to us all. And as I was slowly jogging, shuffling as I like, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> on the uh, run, the storm came in and lightning okay. happened and they canceled the race. I didn't get it finished. I saw the finish line. I knew my course, but I was dragging. I was so slow. I didn't run the race smart I wasn't actually giving it my all to be honest that's why I didn't finish because Jeff Grasher and I did that race together he finished because he wasn't fiddle-farting and Billy Dallion and thinking about how hard it was he was just racing to win so man here's how we know some people DM out in completing their course it's because they don't know how to properly identify their finish line. They are focused on their retirement. That's their finish line. Is that the finish line according to the word of God? No. Nope. No. Is it the judgment seat of Christ? No. Nope. Is it the rapture? Nope. No. The finish line is completing our course. You may know that by what Paul told us when he said, I am ready to depart. Hadn't departed yet. He hadn't been raptured out. That's not his finish line. He said, I have completed my course. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Okay, at the award ceremony of the race, which is the judgment seat of Christ, which is not the finish line, I will get a crown. I'll get my my medal because I finished my course. So finishing our course is the finish line that we should be looking at. And time and chance happens to you, and it happens to me, and storms come, and car wrecks happen, and people get sick, and and our focus needs to be to finish our course before time runs out, before time and chance happens, before the rapture. That's what we need to focus on. And so we looked at that and kind of how to do that um, last week. And that brings us really to the point where we can start to kind of work through this passage verse by verse a little bit and and what we see this this week is that uh oh yeah the, the last thing we looked at on that was uh who is at the finish line is more important really than just what the finish line is and we're instructed in hebrews chapter 12 to look unto jesus the author and finisher, finisher. so even though god jesus he, he's the one that got you started He's with you in the race. We're instructed to look unto him. And I picture that finish line, and I picture Jesus at the finish line. And that just that just does so... And I, I had a cheesy picture, like, up there. Okay, There we go. He's at the finish line. I The reason I use this, even though it's cheesy, is because we need to be able to mentally imagine a scene something like this because if he's at the finish line and he's looking and he's waiting for me he's like finish your course man that then i don't care about anything else i don't care if i'm tired i don't care if it's uncomfortable i'm just like if he says i can do it i can do it if he's for me then what man that's 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 what I want. Okay, so so that's a super cheesy picture. I feel weird about it. This is that cheesy, but all uh, right anyway. So this brings us to to we're going to be focusing first on verse seven. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. This is a bit of a strange verse, admittedly, but it, it begins the section in which we're getting some rules for running the race okay so if you are gonna has anyone here done a 10k done some sort of race where you had to go and get a packet pickup yeah so the race is on Saturday or whatever well you go pick up your packet on Friday or if you're last minute guy you can pick it up at 5 a.m on Saturday morning or whatever but you have to go get that packet and they won't let you run the race Unless you have the packet. So you get a packet. It's like a big manila envelope. You open that thing up, and it's got your chip they use to time you in there. Got your little bib that you fasten on with your number on it for the photos. that can keep track of you. It's got your T-shirt. They that, that you paid $50 for for the race. And, um, and then here's the important part. It's got your instructions with it. Okay, and those instructions are the rules for the race, and it gives you the route to follow. And you have to follow that route. If you don't follow that route, you, you cannot win the race because, like Paul told Timothy, if you're going to strive for masteries, you are not going to be crowned unless you strive out. Lawfully. Lawfully. If you're going to compete in athletic events, you have to follow the rules of that event or else you cannot win that's what that verse says so so the packet has the route Lionel sanders is a triathlete anyone no nope. okay sorry <laughs> none of my illustrations are, are like uh, <laughs> I have to, like explain the whole thing okay he's a little bit on the spectrum which makes him just lovable yes <laughs> he has a hundred thousand followers he's just this crotchety guy without normal social filters, but he is a hoss when it comes to triathlon. He's one of the best male tri—well, one of the best triathletes in the world. He was doing a a half Ironman triathlon, you know, whether he was going to win it or not, we don't know, but he was in competition. (laughs) He got disqualified. He got disqualified because he was going down the hill on his bike and it was curvy, okay? So so he's taking the curve and he's keeping it as tight as possible, but the judge says he crossed the middle line. Well, the rule packet says you cannot cross the middle line. You have to stay on your side of the road, and that's just so you don't get run over by a car and die, right? That's the... one. Well, there was no line in the middle. It was a it was a road. They said, "Well, you cross the middle line." He's like, "There's no line." They said, "Well, it's an imaginary like like there's still a middle. You still cross the middle." So he got he got disqualified. One of the best triathletes in the world, DNF, because he didn't follow the rules to the expectations. Now that's a that I I was like, well, that's. There's no line, Like, literally, I don't know if you broke that rule or not. Cheryl Miles. Okay. You guys all know Cheryl. Yeah. We all love Cheryl. So we were doing a triathlon. just a bunch of people from Midtown. We we're doing a triathlon in Hutchinson, Kansas. So this particular triathlon, you get the race packet. You look at it. Here's the route. You do a serpentine swim in the 50 meter pool. So you go down and back and down and back and down and back for 400 meters in the pool. Then you get out, you run to the parking lot, put on your bike stuff, you get on your bike and you ride around the golf course, which is a two mile, just over two mile loop, five laps around the golf course, okay? Then you come back, you park your bike in the zone and then you get on your running shoes, switch your shoes out and you go run the 5K out out on these these roads around the thing That's it. That's the race, right? You would think you can count to five on the bike laps. That that would be a relatively easy thing to do. It's not. Like you can't write in your focus. You're like, wait a minute, was that lap two or three? Like, where am I at in this race? Because you're like, so Cheryl did six laps. Guess what? she did a lot more work than she had to mm-hmm. didn't win the triathlon why well because she didn't follow the rules like that's on her which I like I have I've been the same thing I'm like I have no idea what happened like, I got to do the math figure out how many laps but anyway there are rules of the race that we have been given and if we don't follow them we can have our finish line in sight. We can know the race. We can know our course. We can be focused. But if we don't strive lawfully, we will not be crowned. And so what are the rules? This passage isn't maybe comprehensive in giving all the rules, but there's three definite things that we can look at. And the first one we're going to start with is works. So so in, in, in the verse we read, It said, for God now accepteth thy works. And so I think we need to consider like what that means. And and you probably know, that's what's in your blank, is that the way that our works are accepted is through the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because our own works in the flesh aren't accepted by anybody. Okay, however, go thy way, Eat thy bread with joy, drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. And so so I think we want to get our heads around what this looks like. And, and then as we do so, I want to consider this, this second point as well. Okay, so you guys understand the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? John chapter 19. And Jesus is on the cross what are it what's he saying it is finished finished. what is finished the works it's like it's like god resting on the seventh day why did god rest on the seventh day because all the work was done wasn't because he was tired it's because all the work was already done and there was a rest Now, because there's seven days in the week, not six days, and if you get all your work done in six days, you don't have anything to do on the seventh day, so you can rest. Jesus said it is finished. What's finished? All the works that are required for righteousness, the payment for sin, defeating the enemy, removing the power of death and the grave everything that haunts us everything that 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 ruins life under the sun jesus took care of on the cross he fulfilled the righteousness of god by living a perfect life and then died in the place for sinners and so there was rest available and we know that we enter into that rest not through works because our works are never done but he his work is done Okay, so, so there is this rest. So our righteousness that we have is imputed to us, and that's an accounting term. That's what the business. That's what the accountants do. They take something and they put it into your account. They impute it into the account, and now it's yours. It's not something that's gotten any other way. And so that sort of complete finished work of Christ is how our works are accepted. And then the second point, letter B, is this: we need to know that so it's not just our salvation it's not just our relationship with god that comes from the imputed righteousness available to us to christ but it's also our fellowship with god through christ that does that and so so i think about the church at galatia in galatians 5 7 paul paul says "Ye did run well this is the next slide you did run well who doth hinder you that you should not obey the truth And i think about a group of people there who started their relationship with god simply by grace through faith and received it was imputed unto them the mantle of righteousness that was just laid upon them because they put their faith and trust in christ but then that group of people somehow they, they lost that. They quit living just by grace through faith and, and then they started for some reason, started falling after legalism or, or other things that caused them to to err in that way. And so you understand imputed righteousness, yes right. for salvation. We also need to understand it that this is one of the rules of the race. If you want to be crowned, you have to actually live your life by grace through faith, trusting in the finished work of Christ, because sanctification is gonna be done the same way that salvation was done. So it's all based on the completed, finished work of Jesus Christ. So turn with me real quick to Colossians chapter two. we're gonna spend a little time this morning in Colossians chapter two sometimes we we miss this a little bit i think sometimes we and, and admittedly it's it's not an easy concept to maybe get our heads around but but sometimes we we miss out in our lives on the eating our bread with joy and drinking our wine with merriness merryness because we're burdened with things we don't necessarily need to be burdened with so in colossians chapter 2 verses 10 through 14 we can see how our works could be accepted because of the finished work of jesus christ and it's because of the completeness of what he's done so so start with me in verse 9 for in him in christ dwelleth all the fullness of the godhead bodily and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power in whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of christ so when you were born again there was a spiritual surgery that took place that cut you away that cut your soul away And your spirit is now quickened and alive unto God. And that is in the past tense. That's something that God has already done and made you complete in Christ. It is a finished work. That is not a work in progress. That's not talking about your maturation or your sanctification. It says in verse 10 buried with him in baptism, past tense, you were buried with him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through faith of the operation of god who raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your the flesh hath he quickened past tense together with him having forgiven you all trespasses watch this blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to his cross and then he goes on and it shows how he, he has victory over the enemy So, this work that God did is so complete, He even took away the law that would cause you to be condemned through your poor performance under the sun, where you're just trying again to do the same thing over and over again. Look look at that verse. We tend to read verse 14 like this blotting out the handwriting of my sins is that what it says no blotting out the handwriting of ordinances what ordinances is he talking about talking about the law talking about the the thing that we couldn't do so god gave the law and he's like here you go fill fulfill this law and we can't do it Mm -hmm. the law was not given to us to establish our righteousness it was given to us to show us our unrighteousness and it was a schoolmaster to lead us to christ where we could finally say god i can't do it this life under the sun where i just keep trying again and again and again to perform to to some level of acceptance god's like well are you done yet are you done trying because the race that i've put you on is not one under the sun where you just keep trying hard or do better well maybe next time and i'm like the catholic going to confession every week confessing the same thing every time <sighs> what is it this time well you see lord the good that i would I, I don't do that and the evil that i don't want to do god i just keep doing that i i can't i can't i find me me i can't do it and god's like are you done yet because here's the thing those ordinances that you're trying to complete and to fulfill actually don't exist for you anymore the law was fulfilled it's been blotted out god's very law which shows us our unrighteousness which condemns us through our own sin to a life separated from god those ordinances jesus is like now i did that i took that out of the way so where now is condemnation for the believer if the law which condemns us has been removed it's been fulfilled it's been blotted out that verse doesn't say jesus blotted out your sins so therefore god is good you're bad do better try harder <laughs> under the sun make your bed you gotta make it again tomorrow go to the bathroom you gotta go to the bathroom again and just hey i gotta eat again wash my clothes gotta wash them again I tried hard gotta try harder gotta do better life under the sun that's the that's what the paradigm was that we were born into that we grew into that we've been trying to accomplish and god's like look your works are already accepted you are complete in him don't be running any extra laps you don't have to run the the race packet the rules are listen you can eat your bread with joy and drink your wine merrily why because your works are already accepted because you are a recipient of mercy and grace so so we can get a yeah praise the lord amen but let's 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 look at the particular phrases in in these verses and and get some insight we can kind of do the same thing we did last time so come back with me to ecclesiastes chapter seven we're going to look at two particular parts of this verse we're going to look at this phrase go thy way and we're going to look at that word now and from that i think we can get maybe some insight into this so this this phrase go thy way i did a phrase study do the same thing we did last time look at how this Let the Bible define itself, compare scripture to scripture, see if we can't glean some truths, some insights from it. we're going to do the same thing with that word now. So so go thy way is found 19 times in scripture. And if you study that phrase out, here's what you're going to find. Every single time out of those 19 times where that phrase is used, it is used where someone who is in authority, is essentially dismissing somebody from their presence okay to to go do something that's now like that interaction had a reason for it there was a purpose for the interaction with a person and then someone in authority okay and and then that interaction the purpose for that interaction has been dealt with okay and so therefore that it's kind of like okay go thy way it's like hey go ahead go do your thing okay i i dealt with the issue at hand this is the plan go ahead so 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 the first mention of it is in in genesis 19 where the pharaoh has sarah because she's good looking Abraham was like oh yeah she's my sister and then pharaoh gets the download she's not his sister don't touch her I'll kill you like ah, okay Pharaoh's mad at Abram he's like look take your wife so Pharaoh the king tells Abram take your wife go thy way like so in other words this thing has been dealt with and I am I'm like go okay that's that's the first mention of it second one is in first Samuel verse 20 and Jonathan is actually speaking to David through pretending like he's speaking to the boy picking up the arrows you know the story and they've already kind of set up a code but he's like if I if I say go this way or go that way I'm really sending you this message and Jonathan who's the prince the the future king and authority is actually communicating and he and he says go thy way sending David a message out of the 19 times now we're not going to go through all 19 times but but that is one thing we need to understand it's always someone in authority having dealt with an issue saying like look go ahead and so so christ does this a lot and in mark is five times so out of all scripture go thy way is found in the highest concentration of the book of mark five times so we can look at those so in mark chapter 1 verse 40 a leper comes to jesus beseeching him kneeling down to him saying if thou wilt thou canst make me clean and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See thou sayest nothing to any man, but go thy way. Like i dealt with your leprosy you asked me to heal you to cleanse you i did you can go now like we're done and it's almost like a kind of a go in peace like you you asked i said yes you can go okay mark 2 verse 11 the context here is the the guys who lower the paralytic man down to christ they're they're they they want him to be healed seeing their faith Jesus tells the guy, "Your sins are forgiven." This is that story. He said in, in verse eleven, "I say unto thee, arise, take thy bed, and go thy way into thine house." The need that you had, that you brought to me, I've answered that need. You are no longer paralytic. You're no longer a leper. Go thy way. It's done. Okay, Mark chapter seven, verse nine. The Syrophoenician woman's daughter has a devil. Has a also called an unclean spirit in the same passage. So we know the devils are unclean spirits. Those are the same there. So so this is where Jesus, she asks for the devil to be taken away for her daughter. And he's like, yeah, the it's not good to take what's for the children and give it to the dogs. This is that passage. She's like, yeah, but the dogs get the crumbs under the table. It's like, you could still do it. And Jesus says, man, for this thy saying, go thy way, the devil has gone out of thy daughter in Mark chapter 10 verse 21, the rich young ruler comes. His issue is like, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus gives him what he wants gives him an answer. if we know from that, that the rich young ruler's problem was he really didn't trust. in Jesus, he was trusting in his own works, right? God, Jesus gave him something to do. He said in verse 21, one thing thou lackest, go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast, give it to the poor, thou shalt have the treasure in heaven. Come, take up thy cross and follow me. In Mark chapter 10, verse 52, Jesus said, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Talking to blind Bartimaeus, who called out, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus is like, okay, what do you want? Which is interesting, because we just would have assumed, he's talking about blindness. So I like, no, what do you want? I, I'd like to receive my sight. He said, okay, go thy way. You've received your sight. And so in all these cases, Jesus dealt with the need at hand, moving in compassion, loving, is what, the, is what Mark 10, 52 says. As recipients of mercy, that is compassion, as recipients of love, those people went their way, being made clean, being made whole, receiving their sight, receiving their kids back, and and Jesus just did these things. Okay, so when we go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and it says, go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth. By works. It's like we came to the Lord in need of something. And the passage says, Go thy way. Go thy way. Part of the race rules for us as we run the race that is set before us, as we have to trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Why is it that the person who's newly saved? Feels so good. And the person who's been saved for 30 years is bitter. You did run well. What happened? What happened to the person who was so excited? Like they got baptized because it was the first act of obedience and a public testimony. Then their heart was beating and they're up there just stammering. Uh they're like crying in front of everybody, trying to give their testimony because they've never spoken in front of anybody before. 20 years later he or she is just bitter what happened here's what happened they quit just seeing themselves as a recipient of grace and mercy and love and they quit just the, the day after you got saved you ate with joy and you you drank your wine hopefully you weren't like just drinking a bunch of wine but but like It speaks to fellowship. (laughs) And you had that. Somewhere along the line, we have a tendency as we run this race to quit following the most important rule of the race. And that's just to continue to be a recipient of grace and mercy and continue to move forward, trusting God in faith according to his word and letting him take care of of everything so so our relationship and fellowship with god are through christ and it's based on what he did and here's one of the tweaks here's one of the ways where we veer off the course and end up doing more work than we have to like cheryl on our bike is we quit focusing on what he did and on what he said and we begin to focus on what i'm doing or what i'm saying and we break the race rule number one we what's the next slide we want to be like moses here's the psalm of moses oh satisfy us early with thy mercy if the mercy of god is not satisfactory for me me adding something to it is not going to satisfy me what can you add to the mercy of God in terms of your identity in terms of your position in terms of your righteousness what can you add to the love of God the mercy of God that's gonna make it any better Nothing. it's a complete work it is a finished work satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice there it is there's your joy and be glad all of our days let's never compromise that stance make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil we know what that was for the nation of Israel for us it's those Wilderness wanderings that God had to use to bring you to the place where you said God you're need. All these other things added in. You are enough, and I surrender my life to you. We need to stay in that place. God, thank you for taking me through that wilderness. I'd go through it all again if that's what it took to get to this place of surrender, the place of brokenness, love, and just rest. Okay, let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. I thank God for you and your faithfulness and your ministry. I thank God for the years of study, for what you've invested, but what people really need is they need to see Christ in you. They need to see the beauty of the Lord upon you. They need to see that anointing in your life. And, and I know maybe you're gifted and eloquent, and and, and but what they really need to, to hear is the word of God. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Establish thou the work of our hands upon us. So God, I'm done. I, I, I'm done with my agenda. I'm gonna open my race pack and I'm gonna go have that getaway with God. Eric said he's scheduled his. I love that. You reserved your room. Yes. He's doing the embassy suites. He's he's gonna do it full more. Get his getaway with God scheduled to get his course. But here's the prayer. Lord, would you establish the work of our hands upon us? And then, Lord, once you show me what it is I need to do, God, you have to do it. How can I save a soul? You're going to have to work in and through us to accomplish it. But that's what God wants. That's what he set up. He's like, I, I went to the cross. I did the work. It's finished. Rest in that okay so 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 one more thing i said we're going to look at at the word at the phrase go thy way but there's also that word now go back to with me ephesians chapter uh not ephesians ecclesiastes nine, verse seven go that way eat thy bread with joy drink thy wine with a merry heart for god now accepteth thy works what's that word now and therefore it just seems like it's extra You think it's extra? Of course not. But if it read like this, go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God accepteth thy works, we wouldn't think, oh, there should be an extra word in there. But that word now, so that word now is Hebrew Kibar, or whatever that's worth. But that word is found, let's see, nine times in your Bible. (laughs) all nine of them are found in the book of ecclesiastes uh-huh. that word is not found anywhere in your bible outside of ecclesiastes and it's only translated into english transliterated into two different words one is now like it is here the other one is already so when we say now we kind of mean like, like we're stuck in time so here's how it works at my house it's like hey Christine when are you gonna be and I'll like leave out ever like when are you gonna be ready to go she's like I'm ready now I'm like whoa let's go get in the car she's like well I need to I gotta get my stuff and do my hair and it's like okay so it's 11 15 now is there a number like a clock number that you could, t- no, she's like, oh, I'm basically okay. So now, like, I don't even know what that means anymore, like, in terms of the English language. But the biblical way this is used, it's like when I say now, it means it's already, it's not almost ready, it's not like now is in, in time as much as it is already done. Like, I don't know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I if I look at it that way, go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God already accepted thy works, if we're if we will, if we'll continue to follow the rules of the just trusting in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the condemnation that comes under the sun of just doing better, trying harder again, going to confession. God's taken away those ordinances. Man, And it's God's love and compassion. And I'm a recipient of mercy. And I'm going to just keep that identity. I'm just going to stay the servant of the Lord and he'll provide. Servants don't provide. The the master provides. Servants just show up for duty. I'm just going to keep doing that and trusting him and moving forward in that now or already is found i've got it listed out but you could look up those those nine different times it's used in one of those verses in verse chapter 3 verse 15 it's used both now and already in the same verse it's making the point that the things that now are they've already been see solomon was the king and he was smarter than us and he had more money than us and he had more power than us he had more influence he had more of everything and he tried everything there was to try to to find satisfaction under the sun and his testimony is it's not there stop looking for water in a dry and thirsty land the thing that you're thinking that might bring satisfaction it's already been tried now this world in which we live in it's it's, now someone's already tried that but only could get a new car now it's been tried. If only I had a platform, now it's already been tried. Nothing's going to bring you satisfaction. And that's the point that's being made under the sun. But but what we get in this super cool little bright spot in the book of Ecclesiastes is, you know what's already a done deal? You know it's already been tried is establishing righteousness. And Jesus did it. I'm going to live in that, not just for salvation, but as I work work through ministry. So, so you know, let's go to the next slide here. I can eat and drink in peace because of what he has done. I hope that makes sense. Has God, like like you received salvation by grace through faith, has God shown you something that was special to you in the moment when you needed it? And you received grace through your faith as you took that thing that he showed you? God's given me some things like that. And one thing that God showed me recently is, hey, Chris, those things that I've shown you, those need to be things that you're carrying with you. Just like our salvation, we carry that with us. We can't forget we're saved by grace through faith, take over and now live in the flesh. And No, you always, you have to continue. So then God will add something to your life, but that original salvation by grace through faith, you carry that with you. And then that thing that God showed you, where he showed you, you know, maybe you need to surrender to the Lord, and you did that, and it was so good. You need to carry that with you. In fact, I would say this. Let's go to the next next slide here. The things that God has already shown you, they form the pathway to be taken as you move forward. You can't leave any of the things behind. So in your handout, I've written down there in terms of application: draw Ebenezer stones. Draw Ebenezer stones in the margin of your Bible or in your uh digital notability eric. Uh, so so one time I did a getaway with God, and I was kind of expecting. To get chastised this is where i was at i'm like oh i'm gonna go meet with with dad and i'm in trouble i've not been keeping my room clean and doing my chores and i'm just this is maybe not gonna get good you know where the lord took me psalm 27. Mm-hmm. one thing have i desired of the lord that i will seek after that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the lord to inquire in his temple when thou saidst, Seek my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Oh my goodness. And the Lord just took me to this place where He's like, I'm not looking for your performance. I just want you to dwell with me, to abide. I want you to seek my face. That's what I want. Hey, dummy, it's a relationship, not a relationship. I'm like, oh. I'm just like I'm, like, I'm done. Psalm 27 in my Bible, I've got a little stone. I've got little stones drawn all over in the margin of my Bible. Because I'm so fickle. I could actually forget the things that God has shown me on the path. Then I got to go back and relearn something. Why? Like, we should move forward carrying the things that God has given us. Make sense? those ebenezer stones as I'm flipping from one place to another there it is and just see that and I'm like remember the things that he's done and that he's shown us and let's continue to walk in those things okay so so that's 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 the rule number 1 in our race packet if we're going to strive according to you know strive lawfully the second one, so that was works, so talking about the finished work of Christ. The second one is walk. So if we go back to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter nine. Let thy garments always be white, let thy head lack no ointments. Okay, so so this is our personal walk. So positionally, we are righteous whoo, based on the finished work of Christ, praise the Lord, but practically we don't always. Live that out, and I and I want to. You know, our garments are supposed to be white. White linen is the righteousness of the saints, and we're supposed to walk in holiness. And 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 so, listen. Don't don't go out and have a sinful lifestyle. I don't need to tell you guys that. Don't do drugs. Don't be a drunkard. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't. But like you guys, that's not the message for this group okay but you you hear about this you hear about a pastor who runs off with the worship leader's wife right and what do people say they say oh he fell from grace which he did a lot worse than than that like like no he committed adultery is what he did he he just ruined what momentum god had built up in that place in that time and now there's a 10-year mess For someone else to come in and clean up that guy didn't okay but that phrase fall from grace have you heard that used in that way yeah that's not how the bible uses that look at galatians chapter five verse four we have a much more insidious now again yeah don't don't do that stuff yeah when when you're walking around out in the world because that's where we are and you get a little bit of it on you, you need to get cleaned up. Go to 1 John 1.9. Confess your sins. He's faithful just to forgive us our sins. The context there is not salvation. It is fellowship with God. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We need to do that. But in Galatians chapter 5 verse 7 it says, that that was our verse okay You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And we tend to think about that person who has some big moral failure, but that's not what it's saying. Look at verse four. Christ has become no effect unto you, whosoever you are, justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. So, someone who started well, but then now they got sucked into legalism, guess what happened? They fell from grace. They're no longer striving lawfully, so much for 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 crossing their finish line and completing their course. They cannot do it if they're functioning in the flesh. Okay, so so with this, I want to I just want to spend a second there in, in Colossians. Okay, so just flip over to Colossians, chapter two, because Colossians two deals with the issue like with us being complete in Christ. Okay. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul had a a burden. He had this great conflict that we read about in verse 1. He says, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, for as many have not seen my face in the flesh. Well, what's your great conflict, Paul? You just told us in chapter 1 how complete we are in Christ. Okay, but now the conflict is that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of god and the father and of christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge he was like look i i'm I'm, i have this conflict because i'm afraid that you are not going to understand and be comforted and assured by everything that you have and everything that you are in christ the conflict is that you're going to miss that because there are problems verse 4 and this I say lest any man should beguile you with enticing words why is it that that believer who was so full of joy and merriment at their salvation and baptism is now arguing with everybody about some my doctrinal difference because Jesus isn't enough anymore now you have to agree with my personal doctrinal understanding To be right with god you guys know anybody like that they got beguiled they lost the comfort the merriment the joy the full assurance that they have and so guess what you can fall from grace not because you're in some moral failure not because you let everybody down but because you're no longer actually walking according to the the grace through faith paradigm that's been set up for us and so i just want to look at a few of these things because i want our hearts to be comforted i want us to leave here and have full assurance i want us to eat with merriment i want us to to drink joyfully why i'm going to those around but that's okay okay why because we can and we're the only people who can have that sort of transcendent life based on spiritual reality and time and chance happens to all of us i know we've got some widows in here and and I, I i'm not talking to you in particular but i just think about time and chance happening to us all and what if there was a time in which i could no longer sit down with my family and have a meal together And what that does in my mind is it it kind of convicts me that I'm wasting those meals because I'm not spending it joyfully because the mutual faith and everything that Christ has done and the finished work and the, you know, erasing everything that's wrong. And we end up kind of critical sometimes. It's like, what what would what would i give if all that was taken away from me what if my family was taken away from me because time and chance happens to us all and in the grave it's going to be too late i would what would i give to have one more chance to just spend time with the people i love and we miss it because we've we've stepped off the path that god has put us on we're not following the rules where we can live joyfully with merriment and so paul says it this way I, i'm i'm a conflict because you're not going to have that assurance you're not going to be comforted you're not going to have that joy because you're going to be burdened with these other things and so quickly let's let's look at this first of all in verse four paul is saying this lest any of you should be beguiled there are people out there with enticing words looking to draw you away from this position okay so instead of being beguiled what we're supposed to do is verse six as we have received christ jesus the lord so walk ye in him i hope this is coming through i keep saying it. rooted and built up in him established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein With Thanksgiving, as we grow, I just get rooted deeper in the finished work of Christ, and I reach up and I reach up higher, and it's more fulfilling. And I learn more about it. I identify more. That's what sanctification is. It's not me getting better. It's just Chris getting out of the way, and I'm going to live out Christ, and I've got that finished work mentality. So so i got to watch out for these beguilers because here's what they do they beguile with enticing words verse 4 says they twist the words of god in such a way as to lead people away from the full assurance of the mystery of god the father of christ and the message behind their message is that listen christ is not enough that's what beguilers are teaching and they'll use enticing words to do it so in verses 8 through 10 there's the spoilers beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after christ and so their message is you must add something to to christ to be right with god so their method is to lure people away with worldly wisdom they have philosophies that's the isms and the ologies Man, I'm saved, I'm, I'm baptized, I'm starting to get plugged into the Bible, and here comes Uncle, what's his name? He's like, yes, but are you a five-point Calvinist? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. He's like, oh. And he starts telling me all this stuff, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. That's not my personal experience. That I only know like 20 verses at the time. I'm like, man, I don't think so. He's like no 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 you have to see the bible and understand your christianity through the ism of calvinism or someone else will come in and have their own isms and their own ologies and here's the message Christ isn't enough you have to have my philosophy to be right with god okay that is someone who is a spoiler that that word spoil doesn't mean you're going rotten like bad food you've let the enemy come in and spoil you the spoils of war you are the spoils of war from the enemy he came in and he stole your joy and he stole your merriment because now you're more focused on isms and ologies instead of christ and there's no rest in that because that's under the sun stuff okay so vain to see the verse says we 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 know about vanity that's that's in verse eight that's under the sun there's false teachers that come in they bring damnable heresies even denying the lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction many follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be even spoke evil spoken of we're seeing that today through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you there are people trying to draw you into their camp so they can have more people in their camp. They're trying to make merchandise of you, but their message is Christ isn't enough. You have to come join my club to be right with God. Don't fall for it. The traditions of men, the verse says. So, <laughs> Uncle, he, he he sends me the Westminster Confession. Like, it'll be like, here's my birthday card, and in it is a folded up copy of the Westminster Confession or the Apostles' Creed. Or he'll ask me what I think about the Council of Whomever, who met at this time. And he's all about councils and confessions and creeds. And I'm just in my mind, I'm like, I will not be spoiled by the traditions of man. Christ is enough. I don't need your tradition. I don't need your counsels. I don't, I certainly don't need your confessions. And I've got a creed, and it's really just I'm trusting in the finished work of Christ, and I'm going to do what He tells me to do. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Christ is enough. Quit trying to distract me and lead me away and add me to your group and spoil me and give me your isms. Ah, I don't need it. I've risen above that. I've transcended. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. The message is listen, Christ is not enough. Got to add all this other stuff. Okay, in verse 16 and 17, there's the judges, the judgy people. They say Christ is not enough. You must also do this or stop doing that. A new believer comes to Christ. They go, they're like, I'm so happy. I'm like walking on sunshine. Like they come to. They, they go into the first church. They see is a Catholic church. They're like, I found Jesus. The priest goes, oh, wonderful, my child. That's a good start. But you also need to stop, you know, eating meat on Fridays. <laughs> Except fish. Okay. Doesn't count. Oh, and you need to come to confession and confess your And pretty soon this guy's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me write these things down. I got to do What? Yeah, 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 you, came, you found Christ. That's great. we got to get you into confession and baptism. There's these you know, sacraments. sacraments. The guy's like, this is crazy. I'm not doing that. So he goes to the next church over. It's a charismatic church. I found Jesus. He's no longer quite walking on sunshine, but he's still just like he knows something happened. The guy's like, man, that's a great start. You found Jesus. That's great. But now we got to get you speaking in tongues. And you got to do that so you don't lose your salvation. It's like, whoa, wait, hang on, wait a minute. I can lose it? Oh, yeah. Have you spoken in tongues yet? Because maybe you're not actually saved yet. The guy's like, no, my friend just told me to trust Jesus. Okay. And then he's like, I don't know. Then he goes to the Baptist church. Baptist like, you found Jesus. That's great. Praise the Lord. Not our Baptist churches. It's like, by the way, we don't. We don't celebrate Easter and Christmas, those are pagan holidays, and you can't drink and you have to wear a tie. poor guys like, "God, oh, Jesus was enough. And, and then I'm finding through religious institutions that Jesus isn't enough. I've, I've got to follow all of these rules or buy into these things. And what happens over the years? The person is no longer running the race according to the race packet that they picked up, which says don't fall from grace don't fall for all of these different things the judges are trying to control through condemnation i i refuse to receive condemnation if we went on we'd see the beguilers in verses 18 through 23 those are the gnostics the message of the gnostics is god's good you're bad but listen don't worry i've got a secret answer <laughs> And you can attain, you can become an initiate and eventually get to level seven in your spiritual walk. <laughs> wink, wink, special handshake, secret knock. My Bible study meets at midnight under the oak tree. <laughs> Their message is God's is not enough. You have to add in my secret knowledge to level up. Okay, none of that's true. So here's 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 how I like to, to, to do this imagine the world's best artist okay spends the work of a lifetime creating the world's best painting, and it is the masterpiece of all masterpieces okay and 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 then that gets displayed in the louvre or whatever well then here comes the family walking through the museum Here's this little kid, and 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 he takes his sharpie out of his backpack. He's like, "Oh, a pretty picture." <laughs> and, and then and then he just draws like a tree. So it's like the the round circle with the that's the development. And he just draws some trees. What did he add to that painting? He didn't add to it, did he? He took away from it what he added to a complete finished masterpiece actually took away from the finished work listen it's not probably doing crack that's going to get you and me off course it's probably not now none of us are above whatever but probably not some moral failure but you know what we fall for that takes us away from the merriment and the joy and the rest and the peace and the fruitfulness that God has for us. It's adding our isms, our apologies, our creeds, our confessions, our attitudes, our opinions, our words, whatever to the finished work of Jesus Christ. I know we got it when we got saved, but as we minister, somehow people tend to fall from grace no longer is Christ enough and his word is sufficient. We add to it. We add to it our performances. So instead of obedience, we end up just doing performance. And so listen, we need to walk in practical righteousness. So yeah, we we do need to sometimes, you know, we're in the world. Our white garments get spotted with the things of the world, and we have to go to the cleaners. We have to go and confess things say, keep a short list with God. But also, Listen, don't fall from grace. Don't, don't get beguiled by someone who wants to make merchandise of you or spoil you. And all of a sudden, you end up someday, and the devil's like, "I that person did not have merriment. They did not have joy. I lost them to Christ. But they didn't do the things they ought to have done. And they didn't do the things they really loved to, to do. They didn't enjoy their life because I beguiled them, and I stole it all away. It is so good to just envision yourself as a recipient of God's grace, not just for salvation, but also as we minister together. And so the second point here is that the verse says, okay, back in, back in, please Let thy garments always be white. There's our, there's our walk. And let thy head lack no ointment. There's an anointing. That, that's to walk in the spirit. Okay, so we could go through and look at that. But really, what we're going to find is, as we stop functioning in the flesh, we're going to be walking in the spirit, and all of a sudden, God, just things happen. His words come out of our mouth, and people see Christ in us, and then, then, then life comes from it. I, I, I let, let's move on though, because because I want to get to this third rule there's three rules race rules in our race packet so the first one is is the finished work of christ the second one is our walk needs to kind of match our, our positional reality key point on that go to the next one uh oh yeah okay so sorry i was i i almost skipped this point backtrack just a little bit in terms of our walk um if we walk in the spirit, if, if we're careful and circumspect, walking in the spirit, then ver, uh, Proverbs eleven three. Okay, let's go to go to the next slide. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. So, if I'm going to walk carefully, circumspectly, because I I don't want to fall from grace, so before I open my mouth, I have to say, "Oh Lord, protect me from myself." Before I do anything or say anything, I want to make sure it's the Lord working and not me. Okay, that I'm not missing something. But but if we do that, what the verse says is the integrity of the upright shall guide them. And what I found is a lot of times, just I, I'm I'm in a position where I have to make a decision. And as I just think through it and pray through it, it's like, well, I, I know I have to honor my parents. So I guess. I'm going to go this direction, and we get guidance through that, and we're protected as we walk through simply considering spiritual things, so so I'm going to skip over that, though. We can talk about that later individually if someone wants to talk about that, but I want to get to this third point. We, we'll finalize. Keep going. If our walk is directed, if it's circumspect, so in other words, God will direct you through your walk if you're careful, so as it's a decision by decision, type course so we be upright not uptight there's no rest in the world under the sun if it's you doing it guys is your work ever done do you ever say it is finished i prayed all the prayers and he prayed i've studied all the bible and he studied i've witnessed all the people i need witness to i've made my bed for the last time no there's just our work is never done so it's restless We're uptight if it's us doing it. But if we're just like, Lord, you, you, you got it. We're just upright. We can be, trust God to be guided through that. Okay, verse, uh, verse nine. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he have given thee under the sun, all the days of thy vanity. For that is thy portion in this life and in thy labor, which thou takest under the sun. And so, so quickly as, as, as we we have about 15 minutes left here. I know some of you have to leave early, but James DeCoker, I, I was eating lunch with him yesterday and he used to do CrossFit. So CrossFit, you're doing all sorts of stuff. It, it'd be like, okay, listen, we got three minutes. I'm gonna see how many pull-ups and how many deadlifts can you do in three minutes. Which for some of us that's easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, like two <laughs> but what james said we were talking about it. he said people who do crossfit are prone to injury and here's why like if you're doing deadlift and you're like seeing how many i can do in three minutes what happens is your form breaks down because mm-hmm. like the first two you're like core is all strong and stable and everything and then and then after two or three of those your form then you're all Trying to ratchet it up, and your and people end up getting injured because they can't maintain their proper form. Happens in running too. People start off and they've got this great form, and like two miles later, everything's like barely pulled together. And then you tweak your knee because that thing just is like because eh, it's not supported properly. So so maintaining proper form is necessary. Okay, one. that we need to do is maintain our relationships. Okay, If I run a race, but I ruin my marriage, that's not, I I didn't win. I'm not going to be crowned. Why? Because, Because I'm instructed to live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity. Okay, so I'm supposed to maintain a stance a posture a form where my wife and i in proper relationship and i'm there's joy there okay and we are doing this together all of our days and so so a lot it's the same thing two people are dating and it's all lovey-dovey and they're on the phone and they're talking about each other they're talking to each other they're kissing their pillow <laughs> then they get married and woo, it's all like 10 years later like what's your wife doing i don't know she's doing her own thing Uh oh not living what happened what happened to lovey dovey okay here, here's what happened became Amnon. Amnon is one of the most despicable characters in my mind, like in all of human history. Here's this guy; he's the son of the king. He's infatuated with Tamar. He's longing after her. Instead of just going and be like, she said, "If you ask the king, he'll give. A, like he'll give me. Like like you could do this the right way, and he's not." he pretends like he's sick and he gets his wingman involved and then like have her come and cook for me so she thinks she's just preparing food for her sick second cousin Whatever. really he's just lusting at, like watching her like voyeurism just creepy nasty and then you're like Rachel and then he kicks her out and he hated her more afterwards than he longed for her before you guys know the story right mm-hmm. don't be amnon don't be all about your spouse and, and then so so for those of you who are single let's just you, you're used to this extrapolate this and apply it to your relationships okay don't don't mistreat the people that you like you won their heart. I won my wife's heart. You better be careful with her. Cause she gave it to you. Your husband, he, he, you have his heart. What are you gonna do with it? Like, like what happens is we don't live joyfully and lovingly with our spouse. Okay, so so look, we get some insight into why because this is not a do better try harder type message this is don't miss out on the joy don't miss out on the love apply this to what relationships you have if you're single if you're married apply this to your marriage relationship because one of the rules of the race that we have is you don't leave your spouse behind live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity so what you have under the sun is you have companionship. All right, so you can read about Tamar and, and Amnon and Second Samuel thirteen if you want, but but just in terms of the way we tend to think about this, let's go to the next slide. You guys have term, heard the term "help me," right? Okay help me that comes from genesis chapter 2 verse 18 and, and 20 and god said it's not good that man should be alone i will make him a help me for him and adam gave names to the cattle the fowl of the air and the beast of every field but for adam there was not a help need for him and that word help uh, that word is an interesting word okay in english it means a help who is sufficient The word actually can be translated also, it it is translated also as against. So the first two times it's translated help me, Eve to be Adam's counterpart. The next time it's translated is Genesis chapter 1, verse 16. So she puts her son over there because she thinks he's going to die and then she doesn't want to see it. So he's over there and she goes over kind of on the opposing hillside. And she sits down against him, so she's on the counterpart to him, and that word "against" has helped me. The same word translated "help me." It's a counterpart. So if I have this hand, the counterpart is this hand. It, it's it's in front of or against. It's a counterpart. Does this make sense? Part of the reason we struggle so much in our marriages is because, you've heard opposites attract. Well, think about it this way. God gave you someone to be your counterpart, but that puts them really, so my wife and I are so different. We think and act so, well, I mean, we act kind of the same, but we think very differently. She is very administratively gifted. She is a list person. Oh, My goodness. She is a list person. (laughs) Lists upon lists. I mean, there's no end. I'm not a list person. I hate them, all of them in the world. I I'm not I'm not administratively gifted. You know why God gave me a list person? It's not to drive me crazy, woman. Get away from me with your lists. (laughs) Why did God give me a list person? Because I'm not a list person and I need a counterpart to help me with the logistics of life because I'm a visionary. I'm like, let's go. She's like, go where? I'm like, I don't know. But we're it's gonna be awesome. She's like, well, I have some lists. I'm like, oh (laughs) that slows me down. Okay, so here's the thing, okay? This is what can tend to happen because we're opposites. And if I don't just do my part and let her do her part and vice versa, then, then we end up butt heads. Okay, we're both kind of strong-willed. We're both similar in that. But here's what works. When she does her part and I do my part, Man, we get a lot of ministry done together. I have a help who's sufficient for me. But if I'm not careful, the differences and the oppositional way of thinking becomes conflict because it's oppositional. Instead of becoming complementary because it's oppositional. Okay, you guys are with me. Okay, don't do this. Okay, do this and don't mistreat the friends you have and the family you have. Don't be amnon. Don't win someone's heart and then mistreat them. Okay. It's despicable. Okay, so we're supposed to be live joyfully and lovingly with our spouse. Don't be amnon. The reason sometimes we end up in trouble is because our helpmate is our counterpart or our opposite. So what do we do instead? We die to self do our part and run our race together with love and joy. I am training for a long race. I had a long run, which I actually did successfully, which is like so exciting for me, because I didn't know if I was gonna be able to do it. So I got bad knees and everything. But I did this run and I'm like getting ready to finish it. I've been running forever, it felt like. And it just struck me, this was, this was two weeks ago. I don't wanna do this without Christine. I don't wanna spend hours. On a trail, and then Christine's not also like hard. Like I don't want to. I like it's not not the same. Now she doesn't have to do exactly the same race I'm doing, the same distance, or like that. But but if we're not doing, if we're not in this together. I don't want to do it. It's not worth it. Okay, so final thing, key point number three: companionship is what we have been given to enjoy in this life if you do not have verse 10 if you do not have i'm sorry verse 9 if you do not have that joyful loving companionship then you're missing out on the portion of what god's given you under the sun and you've let the devil steal your joy you've been beguiled you, you you've let the oppositional nature of your helpmate cause conflict instead of companionship don't let the devil steal your joy now you're not gonna all it's not always gonna be perfect in every way all the time but you ought to have a companion as you do life together and if one of you leaves the other one behind and you're not following the race rules that have been set up for us we're doing it wrong so the application here is join hands with your spouse and minister together let's go on go on there we go that's what it should look like. Okay. And then should be one more. There we go. It's not always easy. Our schedules don't always line up perfectly, but find some way that you can do ministry with someone who compliments you in that ministry. So if you don't have a spouse, you can still have companionship in the ministry in a way that, that's complimentary. And so that's the thing. And so, so these are the race rules. So we looked at what is the race? What is your course? What is your finish line? How do you finish without DNFing? And now we've looked at three rules regarding the finished work of Christ, okay, regarding our personal walk. Don't fall from grace. It's not just doing math. It's it's getting beguiled. It's, it's falling away from the joy. And then finally, you know relationships that you've been given you need to steward and do ministry together with your spouse if you have one and so with those things in place tomorrow we're going to be able to look at verse 10 which talks about doing what we do with our mind it's applying the strength that we've been given in this mission in this race that we've been given and I'll tell you just in advance, it's not do better, try harder. Some of us, we fall into the trap. Of that's our go to response. Hey, uh, Kathy, I've got, I, I noticed something, and you're like, I'll try harder. It's like, well, no, don't try harder. Some people need to dial it back a little bit stop trying harder and just apply what you've been given appropriately and so we're going to learn how to apply how to do things with our might tomorrow we hope this message was a blessing to you if you're interested in learning more about the living faith fellowship visit lffellowship.com god bless